Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So I want to say good morning again to everybody. Welcome to our Resurrection Sunday. We have reason to celebrate this morning. Jesus died and rose again. Okay? He's not in a grave somewhere. He's not lost anywhere, but we know that he has risen from the dead, and because of him, we live forever. Amen. Isn't it wonderful? I just want to pray for our message this morning. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your word that is living and active, Lord. And we pray this morning as your word goes out that you will impart into our spirits everything that you want to download this morning, oh Father God, of what it is to live in the power of the resurrection, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, that you're convicting hearts, that you're strengthening, that you're healing. And we pray, Lord, that you will come and do all the work that you want to do in and through us this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're looking at living in the power of the resurrection. Okay. Because it is resurrection Sunday. I know some people are thinking, no, no. Um, Resurrection is only tomorrow, Monday. If that's you, you have been deceived. Okay. Resurrection is today. Okay. The first day of the week in those days and still should be today is Sunday, not Monday, okay? But we thank God nonetheless for the extra holiday that we get to visit our families and sleep in late and enjoy ourselves. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Okay, so um, in Philippians 3 verse 10, the Word of God says that I, this is Paul speaking, that I may know Him, and the power of his resurrection. This is the opening words of a sentence that is so important for us as Christians. He goes on to speak about the, share, the fellowship and the sharing of the sufferings and, and in his death and in his resurrection. But the key here is that he's saying that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection. You know, it's not just enough to know Christ. Yeah? We need to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Now that Jesus rose from the dead, what does it mean for us? So what? What's the difference? What is the importance of this? It's really, really, really key for us as Christians to understand because remember, The resurrection is key and very fundamental to the Christian faith. It is so key. If there was no resurrection, chances are that Christianity would have died out from the beginning. It is a very important foundational doctrine. In fact, when we look at the resurrection of the dead... It has always been known as a foundational teaching. When we look in the book of Hebrews where we are being taught about the foundations of Christianity, the elementary teachings, the resurrection of the dead is right there near. Faith in Jesus Christ, repentance from dead work, baptisms, baptism in water and the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's right there, the laying on of hands. Those are foundational things that every single Christian should know and should believe in. 
and resurrection of the dead is right next to it. And there would be no resurrection of the dead if Jesus himself had not resurrected. That's why we celebrate, you know, and it should be a celebration. And I just want to remind us again, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of, a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There is joy in the kingdom, okay? So it is okay to dance before the throne of God with all our might to, sh to, to scream and shout and show our excitement, okay? Because this is the kingdom. It's full of joy, yeah? We're not part of a sour, depressed uh, kingdom. No? I know sometimes people think that for me to, to show that I'm a born-again Christian, I need to be serious with the things of the Lord. I need to be serious. No, no. Jesus was full of joy. Joy is part of the kingdom. Okay? So it's really important for us to understand the resurrection and to understand the power that has been made available for us as the children of God. In 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 3 to 8, in fact, if you read that whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 15, it really gives a great teaching on resurrection. So if you want to do a self-study after the service, just to go deeper in, this is what you should be reading, okay? So I want to start uh, from verse 3 to 8. For what I received, I pass on to you, unto you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Okay? This is a scripture that really stamps it for us about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah? That he did die and that he appeared again in flesh and bone. Okay? He didn't come back as a ghost. Yeah? He wasn't somewhere between the dead and the living. He came back in real life. That people could literally touch him and feel his body and say, oh my goodness, he really lives again. And so this is really, really important for us. Why? Because number one, the reason why Jesus came to earth was to die for our sins on the cross, right? Yeah? He died on the cross for our sins so that our sins may be forgiven us. He paid the penalty for sin. Yeah? But if he had just died on the cross for our sins, we would have looked at him and said, Oh my goodness, what a selfless man. He came to walk this earth just to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and my sins. If it had ended there, we would have thought there was a historic figure called Jesus who died on the cross for all our sins, and we're so happy that somebody else take the penalty. Yeah? But that is not enough. It wasn't enough because, remember, through sin, death entered. It was because of disobedience that death entered into this world. And whoever was going to die to remove sin must remove the consequences of sin. 
So for us to even have that confidence that there is victory over sin, we can only see it when the consequences of sin has been done away with. And that is death. So whoever was going to claim that they have overcome sin must take away the consequences of sin, which is death. And that's why it wasn't enough for Jesus just to die on the cross. He had to conquer death. He had to conquer death. So that's why he overcame death. That we may be able to celebrate and say truly, this is the Messiah of the world. This is the man who has overcome any obstacle in this world because this is a man that was raised from the dead. Not even dead, death could hold him. You know, the one thing that most people fear is death. If anyone comes to you right now, a normal person, healthy, walking around and saying, you know what, I just want to die now. Yeah, you know, I just want to end life. I just want to die. I don't feel like living anymore. What is the first thought that comes to your mind? Yeah? You will think there's something wrong with this person. You will start asking the important questions. Are you depressed, my sister? Are you going through a tough time in your life? Do you have no hope? Why do you want to die? Right? You want, if somebody says, no, you know, I just want to end it, you won't be celebrating. It's like, woo, it's good, my friend. Just die already. How, what, how can I help you get there quicker? <laughs> ne? Nobody celebrates death. Because it is, it is a very unfortunate thing. We were not created to die. We were created to live forever from the beginning. But death entered because of sin. Yeah? So the greatest fear that any human has is death. But Jesus conquered that greatest fear. Now, if that's the greatest fear, it, if that's the one thing that most people fear more than anything else, which is death, what else is there that is bigger than death that cannot be overcome by Jesus Christ? If he could overcome death, nothing else Nothing is too strong to bow at the cross because even death itself has been conquered. Isn't that powerful to know this? Yeah? So it's not, it wasn't enough for him just to die on the cross. It was important that he conquered death because we will be able to, to live. And that is the thing that really strengthened the, the disciples to be able to to. to to have that boldness and courage to live out what they lived. And that is what should give us the boldness. Né? To have that courage and confidence in Christ. To overcome every single obstacle that we're faced with. Amen. So, death has no hold over us. Do you know that Jesus is the only religious figure or leader that actually claimed that they would die? And they will come back to life and did come back to life. Just think about it for a moment. Who do you know that claimed to know the way to life? To know truth? To know wisdom or that was enlightened enough 
that said, this is the way of life, follow it, that died and rose again. Who do you know that did that? Just think about it. Nobody. Right? Nobody. Maybe they may have claimed that they will come back to life, but they were never seen after that. Nobody could say, I saw this guy. He really came back as he said. Even if the followers believed he was going to come back, maybe they saw some vision or something, but they never saw the person walking the earth again. But Jesus was the one who was able to say, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. Even though people were confused and they were thinking, maybe he's talking about the physical temple and they're thinking, how can you destroy this temple and rebuild it within three days when it was built for such a long time? Yeah? But he said, destroy this temple and after three days I will rebuild it. And he really did. He died, he was buried, and he rose again. And he knew when he was entering Jerusalem, he went there with such a confidence and strength to go die. He was ready to die because he knew he would overcome death. He would be raised from the dead again. Death was not the end. So he wasn't scared at all. Yeah? Let us look at Muhammad, for example, or other religious leaders. There's a picture there I want you guys to see of leaders that may have been uh, said to have huge followings of people that may have seen the light and the truth, but all of them left behind a burial site where their remains are until this day. Muhammad left a grave in Medina. That's a green dome. That's where his his remains are. Hmm? Buddha, the second picture, there's a sacred temple in, in Sri Lanka where his remains are. He was cremated. His, his remains were put together. They actually found a tooth. They said his right tooth was, was saved as a relic and put in that temple, the temple of the tooth. Yeah. Nobody ever claimed to have seen him coming to life again. But people follow him and they say he has so much wisdom and truth to the path of enlightenment. The last one is Confucius. Yeah, he's a very famous religious leader. Some say he's a philosopher, not a religious leader, but very, very well known in China. People follow him all the time, you know. But he too died and left behind a burial site. His remains are there till this day. But Jesus left behind an empty tomb. Yeah. He left behind a tomb that there was no remains except maybe for the cloth that was around him. You won't find a bone. You won't find a tooth. You won't find nothing of him there because he conquered death. Now you tell me, is he the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings or what? Is this somebody that you will put your trust and hope for your future in? Isn't it amazing? Yeah? So it is important for us to know that the resurrection is a fact and not a myth. It is a fact. Okay? 
First of all, we see by the, by the tomb that was empty, the empty tomb. Let's just read in Luke 24 from verse 1. I want us to read through that scripture. Maybe the guys can project it. If they can't, we can open our Bibles. Luke 24. And in all the Gospels, we will read the following. It says this. On the first day of the week, yeah? On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Yeah? So Jesus was not there. And let me tell you, some people say, no, he was just... I mean, the disciples stole the body or certain, they, they say, no, there's, there's something that happened there. That, that, that is not the truth, that Jesus wasn't really raised from the dead. In this time, people had to make sure that Jesus' body does not disappear, that he doesn't raise from the dead. Why? Because otherwise what he was claiming all this time was true. So the Pharisees had to talk to the Roman guys and say, guys, you, whatever happens, you make sure. That, that that place is sealed and there are guards guarding that place so that nobody can get in there and steal the body and claim that Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah? But the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty. He came out of it. Yeah? He, re- he raised from the dead. Okay? And then the Bible speaks about more than 515 witnesses over a period of 40 days. In Acts 1 verse 3, it speaks about a period of 40 days. That scripture I just read in Corinthians, it's speaking about, it's not just one person who saw Jesus and said, oh, I saw Jesus. Otherwise, people will ask, where did you see him? People will think, ah, that guy, that crazy guy. It's not just two people. Even though the Bible says by the witness of two or three people, a thing shall be established, then, then it's the truth. Here we have 515 witnesses over a period of 40 days. This is long, friends. This is long. Yeah? It didn't happen just overnight. Maybe all the, the disciples were just together and then they had a dream. But over a period of 40 days, that's more than a month. Imagine. Jesus was appearing to his disciples, was appearing to different people at different times, teaching them the truths of the kingdom, reassuring them that he was dead but now he's alive, reassuring them that they're part of an unshakable kingdom, reassuring them that there is nothing that is greater than death because here I am. He didn't just appear and disappear. He was there for over a period of 40 days. That is powerful. And then the third thing, is we see the changed lives of the disciples. The reason, these guys, just think about it. They were so timid. 
They were such cowards, but when Jesus rose from the dead, there was a new confidence in them. I mean, let's look at Peter, for example. Peter was the one who displayed the, the most cowardly action of all the disciples. This was a man that saw Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was transfigured into this glorious state, and Peter was there with James and John, and they were looking at Jesus being transformed to see that truly he is not a normal person. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He saw that, but when the soldiers came to seize Jesus, he was scared. He was afraid. He denied Jesus three times. One is enough, but he, desired, he, de uh, he denied Jesus three times. He followed from a distant looking at the crowd. And every time somebody pointed him out and said, you were with him, he would say, no, no, not me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah? Why? Because he was scared. He was scared that if they're taking Jesus to crucify him, he's going to die and I am not ready to die. He was scared of death. Even though he saw Jesus in his glorious state transformed at the Mount of Transfiguration, that was not enough to put confidence in Peter. He was scared. But guess what? After the resurrection... After Peter was able to see that Jesus was alive after a gruesome death, he was able to be face to face with Jesus, be able to touch him and feel and know that this is the flesh and bone. After the resurrection, he was one of the most confident disciples ever to have lived. So much so that he was not even afraid to die for the gospel. And you know how he died? He was crucified upside down. When they caught him and they said he must stop teaching this stuff, is he willing to renounce it or not? He said, no. I believe that Jesus died and he rose again. Huh? When he was teaching after the Holy Spirit fell and he said to the whole crowd, this Jesus whom you crucified was both Lord and Savior. He was able to say it with such boldness and confidence. In the beginning, was like, no, I don't know him. But after the resurrection, he was able to say, this was Lord and Savior. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid to die. He said to the guys, I'm not even worthy to die the way Jesus died. Crucify me upside down. Peter was crucified upside down. Not the right way up. Yeah. You can see that he was not even afraid of death. Previously, he was afraid to die. But after he saw Jesus resurrected from the dead, he said, then what is death? Then what is death? If this man could overcome death, even I can die and still live forever. That was what gave him the confidence to be who he was. Okay? So the disciples were able to turn the world upside down for the kingdom of God because they knew they were unstoppable. That not even death could stop them. 
Have you seen somebody fighting for something they believe in? So much so that even if they die, it's okay. That the next generation, or at least their children, will live in freedom. But here are people that are fighting for something. That they know that even if they had to die, they're going to live forever. How much more powerful is that? He was able to say, death, where is your sting? So it is a fact. Nobody will die for a lie, friends. Nobody will die for a lie. Even at home. If your brothers and sisters and somebody messes up, and you know it's going to be big, it's going to be a big problem when mommy comes home, and they say, "Please, guys, don't say anything. Don't report me. It's, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. Don't say anything when mom asks who poured out the sugar or whatever it is." And then everybody agrees. When the parents come home and they say, "Who did this?" Everybody's quiet. By the minute the parents say, okay, if nobody is talking, everybody is getting a hiding. What happens? Hmm? People start reporting, no, no, it wasn't me. It was Johnny. It was, you know, yeah? Nobody wants to give themselves for a lie. Nobody. But here we have the disciples. They decided. And they knew this is the truth. I'm prepared to die for the truth. This is what Martin Luther did when he started the Protestant Reformation. They were asking him, are you going to recant of your words or are you going to face death? And he said, I can do no other. Here I am. Do with me what you need to do. But I believe in the stuff that I've written down about who God is. This was the fuel that gave the disciples confidence That though in this life you may die and may not live out what you thought was the best life to live, there is eternity waiting. And my question for you this morning is, how has the resurrection of Jesus Christ changed your life? How has it shaped you? Has it brought confidence? Or is it just another religious activity? Where is a wonderful weekend? Maybe we might watch the Passion of Christ. Maybe we may not. It is great to know that Jesus conquered the grave. But what does it mean for you today? Does it shape the way you live your life? Amen. It's very quiet in here. (laughs) It is not a myth. It is the truth. And you know what's even more beautiful? The same power that rose Christ from the dead is living inside of us. You know, Paul said, if Jesus had not raised from the dead, we are to be pitied more than any other person. Because our hope is in vain. Our labor is in vain. Our preaching the gospel is in vain. But if he rose from the dead truly, which he did, then this changes everything in our lives. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you and I today. There is power in the resurrection. 
That's why Paul was saying, it's not just enough to know Jesus, but to know the power of his resurrection. Because it is the thing that strengthens us for life today. There is power to live a life full of hope because of the resurrection. We do not live defeated lives. We have hope in what Jesus did. And hope is not wishful thinking. It is based on a sure promise. So we do not give up in this world because we know that he who has promised is faithful. And whatever it is that we're trusting God for will come to pass because of what Jesus did. Because of the power that was inside of him that is now living inside of us. We are called to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. So we walk in that confidence in hope. That irregardless of what I'm faced with in this world, irregardless of what I see in this world, I carry resurrection power and things are going to change because of me. Carrying Jesus. It is a decision that we have to make. Yeah? Whether things change or not, it's entirely up to us. Yeah? We need to realize the power that is inside of us and we need to say, you know what? In this life, I am with hope. The power that has been made. Um, sorry, I think the devil wants to distract us. <laughs> but we don't give him credit. Amen. Amen. All right. So we know that God, this resurrection power is working in our lives for salvation. We are not of those who shrink back, but we continue moving forward in Christ. We've been empowered to be able to live out the life that is called us to live here on earth. There is nothing that is too difficult for us. There is nothing that the enemy can throw our way that is going to destroy our lives. We need to be able to stand and say, wait a minute. I've got resurrection power living inside of me and nothing can touch me. Amen? This is the power that has been made available for us. There is power to change. Jesus died and rose again, showing that there is an opportunity for new life. Yeah? Nobody enters the kingdom unless they're born again. There is opportunity for new life. Yeah? Those things may have seemed dead or seemed dead. You, they will live again. There is life that that God has poured out for us. Okay? So we are not hopeless. Change is possible because of Jesus who died on the cross. So you can be battling with something right now. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, man, I've had this smoking problem for the last five years. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to stop smoking. You will be able to stop smoking. Whatever it is that you're battling with today, there has been power that has been released to be able to change that thing. And all you need to do is take it for yourself and say, God, I believe that you have made this power available for me. And therefore, I am expecting this change to come into my life. I do not accept to live a life that is short of what you've made available for me. What is, the worst, what is the worst bondage that someone could be in? The most difficult thing to come out of. Everything is possible with Jesus. Nothing is too difficult. 
There is power. We've got victory in Jesus Christ because of the resurrection. We are able to say death, where is your stick? But we can also say that there is no, nothing that the enemy can throw our, our, our ways that will overcome us. There is no witchcraft in hell that will be able to mess up your life because you're carrying Christ within you. There is no bondage of the enemy, no oppression, no enemy, nothing is bigger than the power of Jesus in our lives. Okay? Because he conquered death. So what else is trying to shift and move and break and shake? What is the bondage that we're faced with today? Christ has overcome it. It is not going to stand. There is no sickness that is too great for God. It may be too great for the doctors, but it is not too great for God. Yeah. Because we're all afraid of sickness because we can die. But if Jesus overcame death, what is sickness before Jesus? Amen? There is power in the resurrection. We need to understand that up until then, nobody claimed to have died and they would rise again. Nobody. But if Jesus could raise from the dead, it is showing us that he is the one who has power to do all things. And even here, in Revelation 1 verse 17 to 18, the Bible says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and Hades. He stripped the enemy of his power and he reigns forevermore and we are to rule and reign with him. That is why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Because we know that our king lives forever. And we will live forever with him too. Isn't it? Some people don't, don't seem to be confident of that. Are you not confident that you're going to live with Jesus forever? That when you die, it's not the end. There's eternity. Yeah? And he has given you the power here on earth to endure to overcome, to live in victory, regardless of what you're faced with, to make it until the end. That's why he says he's got no pleasure in people that give up and don't continue until the end. Why? Because he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness here on earth. We need to access it. We need to take a hold of it. Otherwise, we, we, we're not living in the fullness of what God wants us to live in. We're not living out our potential. We're not walking in the power that is released over our lives. And so this morning, I want to speak to every single person sitting here. I want to prophesy that you will rise up and live in the resurrection power. That everything that God has made available for you, you will access, you will take a hold of, and you will live in. That you will live out the plan and purpose that God has for you. That when the voices are saying, die or kill yourself, you will say, no, I'm going to live and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of 
of the living. That when you are looking sick and the doctors are saying there is no cure, you will say Jesus is my cure and he is going to do it. There is nothing that is impossible for God our God because he's made it all available through the resurrection power that was released when Jesus rose from the dead. Let us just stand. I want us to just focus on God right now just to to access that power to receive. And I want to invite the worship team up to the front again. They will be strumming in the background softly. And I just want to say, guys, it is really important that we take a hold of what Christ has made available for us. Some of us are selling ourselves too short. We want to boast in the things of the flesh. But we don't want to take hold of what Jesus has made available for us. And this morning the Lord is saying, he's speaking to various people here, saying that I have overcome the world. I have overcome the power of the enemy over your life. I am the Lord, your God, that is able to change you even where you're looking and you're saying, God, I've tried so many times. I keep going forward and falling down. The Lord is saying, you're not going to fall down. You're not falling back anyway, but you're moving forward from glory to glory to glory to glory. So let's just raise our hands right now and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts, to access that resurrection power that God has made available for us as Jesus Christ is living inside of us. Lord, I thank you this morning that every person will realize the King of Kings that is living inside of them, O oh Father God. You have raised us up. We are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us right now, Father God. And therefore, Lord, I speak hope. I speak hope to those that are discouraged today. They're saying, I've been waiting for so long, but I'm not seeing the results. I've been crying out for so long, but I'm not seeing the results. Father, I pray that they will not give in. They will not give up in the name of Jesus. If that's you this morning, I want you to speak right now. Speak it out for yourself and say, God, I am not giving up. I am holding on this morning in the name of Jesus. If you're trusting God for healing, if you're trusting God for healing, just raise your hands. Raise your hands and access your healing right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak healing into every single person here this morning that is trusting you for healing. The resurrection power has made it available this morning, oh Father God. Therefore, right now, we speak to every part of the body. Every part of the body that is not well this morning. We speak healing. We speak healing into the stomach. We speak healing into kidneys. We speak healing into the blood, Father God. We speak to those blood sugar levels right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for your divine power that is moving right now and releasing breakthrough. Father, I thank you for those that have been feeling oppressed, oh Father God, that are feeling discouraged, oh Father God. There is no oppression that is greater than you. We break those chains off right now in the name of Jesus and we speak freedom we speak victory Father God that they will live a victorious and fruitful life in the name of Jesus not defeated lives not falling into sin 
two steps out, three steps back in, three steps back in, four steps back in. The power of sin is broken over our lives, oh Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ha, ah, Lord, we thank you, Father God. Lord, you're so powerful in this place. You're so powerful in this place. I see the Lord coming with a sword in his hand. And he's saying he's cutting away everything that does not represent him in our lives. He's cutting those things away that are holding us back. And he's saying we must allow him to cut those things away. Otherwise, they're so detrimental to our lives. This is not just a message to encourage us. This is a message to exhort us to live lives that are vigilant. Lives that are vigilant because we know what is ours and what is not ours. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to enter into that time of celebration again. The worship team will sing that chorus again. And as they sing, I want us to engage and take a hold of it. Whatever area it is that you're trusting the Lord for breakthrough, have that in mind as we sing this song and release that area. Release God's breakthrough over that area in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.